Welcome back to Product Marketing Experts Season 2. Today, I have with me Greg Miller, the head of product marketing at Zapier. I think as product marketers, as we grow, as we take on leadership roles, some of these natural questions come to mind. How do we structure our team? Do we add specialization to our team? How do we balance the team that we have with all of the asks that we are getting from the broader organization? All of these questions and more are answered in today's incredible conversation with Greg. Shout out to our sponsor, Clue. Clue is the leading competitive enablement platform for product marketers that want to drive revenue for their business. It helps product marketers to easily collect, curate, and distribute insights that enable your revenue teams to beat their competition. All right, welcome everyone back to the Product Marketing Experts Podcast for season two. I am so excited to have you back with us. And today we have an amazing episode with Greg Miller, the head of product marketing at Zapier. I'm so excited to have Greg, a veteran in product marketing. And Greg, as we start to dive in, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself and your role and your background at Zapier? Yeah, absolutely. First of all, it's great to be here, Jeffrey. Thanks so much for having me. But yeah, I've been at Zapier as head of product marketing for about a year and a half, been in product marketing for five years or so. And here I lead a team of four folks and our mandate is really to focus on two things. First, clarifying where we win as a company or for a specific product. What are the things like total addressable market, buyer segmentation, personas, our positioning and messaging, you know, opportunity sizing for new investments, but also to define and execute successful product go-to-market strategy. And I think most product marketers or fans of the field very familiar with product launches as a key part of that. But for us, we also really try and start that process much earlier on. Back when the product is still being formed as a hypothesis and idea to really from the get-go be thinking about what's the story we want to tell in the market when this thing actually goes live? How do we get some in-market validation along the way through the means of betas, et cetera? And how do we structure go-to-market milestones, performance metrics that we hit before launch so that we make sure when we actually bring this product to market, we have the highest likelihood to actually have success with customers? And then personally, I live up in the Sierra Nevada mountains in California. And fun fact about me, my wife and I hand built a camper van over the course of the year and then lived out of it for six months while working at Zapier. So the 100% remote thing has really come in handy. Wow. That's an incredible story. And I can't imagine living out of a van for six months, but I give you all the props. Granted, I have five kids, so it might be a little crowded for me, but that must've been an incredible trip. Do you have any, did you visit any fun locations or have any fun stories from the time of the van? I think one of my favorite stories from the time in the van was I was actually presenting at an all hands and the zoom chat just blew up with hundreds of people commenting, be like, Whoa, you're like on the side of a highway. (laughs) So it wasn't always, you know, national parks by any means, but it was really fun to be mobile and just be able to like go anywhere we wanted to on a whim, especially, you know, during fire season over the summer, it was great being able to just switch locations around and go see friends, family and change things up. 
That's incredible. And, and I would love to do that. I think we're all craving that connection right now, especially in the, this time during the pandemic. So, so that truly is incredible. And just to take a step back, I loved your clarity of vision and what product marketing is truly responsible for at Zepier. That's really incredible. I find a lot of product marketing teams do a lot of different things, right? Between competitive intelligence, go-to-market yeah. and launches and enablement and all of these various things that kind of fall under those various areas. And your clarity there was really inspiring. So I love that. How did you get to that place of having such clarity at Zapier? Did the founders or did the head of marketing just kind of have that clarity or did you kind of help shape and refine that? It was something I brought to Zapier and I defined it with the buy-in and collaboration of the product team as well as marketing leadership just to make sure everybody was on board. But I was able to bring that here because of a bit of trial by fire experience establishing product marketing at Glassdoor. Uh, while I was there, I led a redefinition of the team to have more clearly defined process, clearly defined charter as well as roles and responsibilities with the product team and the marketing team as partners. And while that was a really challenging experience because we were all kind of figuring it out as we went along, it did yield the opportunity to bring some of that insight into my new role here a year and a half ago as the head of product marketing. That's awesome. And I really love that. And maybe just for a second, I certainly want to talk about how you've established product marketing teams. I think a lot of product marketing leaders, a lot of aspiring product marketing leaders, a lot of senior product marketers, really curious about how we structure teams and so forth. But before we talk about that, I want to talk real quick about how you made that transition. Because even for myself and for a lot of product marketers that I talk to, the product teams that some of us work with view product marketing as kind of this last mile effort. And so how have you managed at Glassdoor or currently at Zapier to kind of bring that a little bit further upstream and maybe show your value to the product team or the broader business and really get ingrained in that go-to-market effort and showing the value that you provide? Oh yeah. This is one of the classic questions all of us as product marketers face. And I think that there's a number of different ways to approach it. And it's important to employ a lot of different kind of strategies and ways of navigating the organization. So I'll just name a few that I've personally found helpful. I think first and foremost, as product marketers, if we're going to be responsible for launching products, it is often too late to have a successful go-to-market strategy if you're only brought into the process once you're doing kind of design review and the product is complete. Right. At that point, all of the critical factors of who is the target buyer, what's the value proposition of this, is this product differentiated or not, all those things are a done deal because you know the code is more or less complete. So I think everybody at the organization has a shared interest in these products being successful. You want adoption, you want engagement, you want conversion, you want revenue. And from the CEO down to the head of marketing, to the head of product, the head of engineering and design, and everybody else, everybody has that shared goal. So helping people understand that in order to deliver impact on those key business metrics, you really need to be thinking about the go-to-market strategy much earlier than, let's call it, six to eight weeks before launch. At least that's my personal personal view on it. Additionally, I think it's really helpful to start small in terms of the cross-functional relationships that enable this type of dynamic. So I like to, when I join a new organization or I'm establishing a new product marketing team, figure out who's going to be my best ally in product. And I look for these people by looking for somebody who's well-respected within the product and ideally engineering design organizations as well. 
somebody who's really interested in collaboration and trying out different things, and somebody who also resonates with the idea of working product marketing and product earlier on in the process. And so once you're able to get some base hits and start small with that person, build trust uh, and help them see what a different way of defining go-to-market strategy together can look like and executing on that strategy, they become a champion. And then you kind of let it spread from there. And then one last thing I also want to mention as a third approach here is really leaning in on the first part of what I mentioned in this conversation, right? The first part of what we do as our team, clarifying where we win. The market intelligence is often in like a gap at many companies that product marketers aren't the ones leading the charge there. So you're not going to be stepping on any toes. So if you go out, you do some research, you put together a nice picture about the market or about competitors or about a specific buyer segment, and it actually adds value to sales or to product or whomever, you can build momentum that way as well to get involved earlier on in the process because those ideas of what is the shape of the market should ultimately inform where's our best opportunity as a product organization as well. I love all those tips, Greg. Those are so helpful. And I personally have kind of struggled with this a little bit. And in my time at HubSpot, certainly over time, we got ingrained more and more earlier on in the product development cycle. And finally, when the product team was doing design sprints, that was probably the earliest we got included. And it worked phenomenally well as we got included before the product was really built. And it allowed us to do a lot in parallel with the product team. But I've certainly been on the flip side of that where the product is virtually code complete and we're yeah. kind of brought, brought in to be kind of NASA, so to speak. Yeah. I mean, it's all a journey, right? It's like, where is my team? Where am I? And what are the kind of political dynamics of the organization at this moment? And getting to that endpoint of design sprints or whatever that early stage collaboration is, it's not going to happen overnight. So how do you kind of just always be looking to take one step closer? And sometimes it takes a while. Exactly. And being comfortable with the long game, I guess, as a senior product marketer or or a leader of product marketing is key there as well. So I do want to take a step back and touch on something that you've now said a few times, which is kind of the structure of product marketing. And you've had a chance to obviously shape Zapier's product marketing team and the overall structure. So I'm curious if you can talk us through a little bit how you've decided to structure the team. You mentioned there are four individuals within the team. So if you could walk us through, like, how do you think about structure Maybe how do you think about it at Glassdoor as well? Yeah. So consistent across Glassdoor and Zapier is having a dedicated senior market researcher directly within the team rolling up to me. And this I find to be just so incredibly valuable because they're your secret weapon that allow you to scale your impact of insights, whether that's qualitative customer interviews or market analysis or managing a vendor relationship to do some in-depth market segmentation and persona development. Having somebody like that on the team just frees up you as the leader, as well as other members of the team to really lean in on other strategic questions and go a little bit deeper, a little bit further with product, with sales and with your marketing partners. But other than that, I think it's really important for team structure to be nimble and modeled off the needs of the business. And I think that this is particularly true for the types of organizations that I've worked in the kind of like sub 700 employee range. Uh, Because at the end of the day, the types of products your company offers, the types of customers you choose to focus on, large or small or one vertical or another, or the just overall business go-to-market strategy, all these things and more can shift in six months in a year in 18 months. And so if you try and kind of plan your forever team structure, 
it's ultimately going to come under strain. It's going to be really challenging. So totally. modeling it against the needs of the business at Zapier, you know, we have one product marketer focused on our kind of core customer and core product. We have another product marketer focused on our partner audience. And then we have another product marketer who's focused on one of our top business priorities for the overall company, but how we like kind of encourage more sharing and virality of Zapier. But, you know, six to 12 months from now, those business priorities are probably going to shift. And so I kind of set the expectation with my team that we're going to flex and kind of always be reinventing ourselves to make sure that we have the right people on, you know, the most important things we could be working on as a team. That's amazing. And how have you worked with those individuals to, I guess, enable them or convince them to kind of be adaptable like that? From what I found as a leader, sometimes folks like to be in one specific area, right? And develop a deep expertise in that area. And they kind of get stuck or maybe siloed in that specific area. So curious how you've kind of messaged that and kind of driven that across your team. Yeah. You know, I think a big part of it has to do with hiring, right? So trying to recruit and select and advance people who have that desire to just learn everything they can to explore different business problems, that curiosity, right? That growth mindset. But I think another aspect of it is really owning your role and your conversation with your team on, I am here to help you become the best product marketer possible to advance your career. And if you're interested in kind of moving up and moving forward, a key component of that is getting a wide breadth of skills and growing outside of whatever the sweet spot you started in is. And I find that a lot of people really connect with and are motivated by that idea. And it's kind of common sense, right? That if you want to be leading a team, it's really helpful to not necessarily be an expert but at least be proficient in a lot of the different skill sets or different areas of your industry. And then of course, like everybody needs different things. So, you know, not everybody on every product marketing team is going to want to be that, you know, constantly changing or constantly stretching type of job. Maybe they want a little bit more stability, a little bit more predictability. And so of course, working with those people to try and give them that stable role on the team, but being cautious to not accidentally hire a full team of folks who have that same mindset, which makes it much more challenging to take the more dynamic, flexible, team structure approach. Of course. Yeah. And I've seen a lot of different structures like this. And throughout my career, I've seen some product marketing teams organize themselves or be organized in kind of a stage of the funnel type approach where, Mm. you know, maybe you have a PMM dedicated to kind of top of the funnel and so forth. I've certainly seen others like my time at HubSpot, we organized the product marketing team based off product line and the team grew to a size where they're eventually wound up being kind of a senior product marketer for an individual product line, such as, you know, marketing hub there and and then more junior product marketers kind of reporting up to that individual who would support individual features or maybe apps within that product line. And there's plenty of other structures as well. So curious, you know, you mentioned at Zapier that your team is thinking, well, A, that you have the market researcher and then they're thinking about some of these bigger problems. Curious, like, why did you decide on the structure that you did? And, you know, as you look towards the next six months or so, are you already thinking about kind of changing that? Or how are you thinking about that? Yeah. So I think for us, we actually closely at the moment resemble the HubSpot model you just mentioned. And it's one I really like because it enables each member of the team to go deep on a specific area of the product and build some really deep trusting relationships with a stable set of product manager counterparts, which really helps as well with that earlier part of our discussion, right? Of how do you kind of get a little bit earlier in the process. And so as I think about you know the next six months and where we go with this, I think there are two trends that I've got my 
my eye on or things that we're going to kind of respond to. The first is we're going to keep growing the team. You know, Zapier is growing like a rocket ship. And so we're going to be adding more capacity on the product marketing function. And rather than just add more and more direct reports for me, I really want to empower the current members of my team to become people managers and scale their impact by bringing on some more junior product marketers to flesh out the capacity of the team. So same overall kind of alignment of where we sit in the organization, but more folks to scale up the existing structure. And then the second thing I'm kind of keeping an eye on is we're going to be developing a new kind of five to 10 year company strategy sometime in the next six to 12 months. And this is going to be one of those moments, right, where all of a sudden the business needs are going to become clear in a different way. And perhaps they're going to shift slightly from where we are. And so we might need to realign where folks within the existing structure are aligned to respond as well to where the changes are being made in, in the marketing team, as well as the product teams that we partner with. That makes a ton of sense. And I love the focus on the business and truly what the business needs right now, but also looking with an eye towards the future and how the business is evolving and changing strategy. That's really awesome to hear. And one thing that you said in there is really scaling not only yourself, but also your teammates to become people managers or scaling themselves as well. I think this is something that a lot of product marketers and frankly, that I've struggled with as well, right? A lot of product marketers go from being being a lot of individuals throughout their career actually go from being kind of the star individual contributor to being a team manager and evolving into a leader. So as you've taken on this leadership role from Glassdoor to now Zapier, how have you thought about scaling yourself and balancing that with your team and enabling and building and growing those leaders across your team? Yeah, there's no right answer here, I think. And I think we're all probably always like over calibrated on one side of that or the other. But, you know, I think some of the things I learned along the way include, you know, really trying to pull back from the individual contributor work that maybe you're really good at as you move into that leadership position. You know, it's where you came from. And it's also sometimes really exciting because you can see the direct impact of any project you're working on. And those results happen oftentimes much more quickly than the role of a people manager where the results are sometimes more indirect, more fluid, more long-term. And it's really about watching people blossom and become successful in their own right. So for me, you know, I try and really focus on strict prioritization for the team. Like, how do we make sure that we don't accidentally say yes to too many things? And then it just becomes chaos of, hey, different people need more resourcing, more help, or, you know, we're actually under-delivering on some of the most important projects because we spread ourselves too thin. So if we're able to, like, really calibrate the right amount of work for the type of skills, the needs of the business, and what's available on the team, it opens up the space to be deliberate about how how am I as the leader spending my time? Where on the team is somebody needing a little bit of extra guidance on setting up a go-to-market kickoff? Or where do we need to actually do some longer-term planning? Or how do we make space for somebody to start to flex into an area where they're developing skills and maybe haven't mastered that yet? But I think the most important thing besides prioritization and pulling back from the IC work as a people leader is also just trusting your people and always trying to be like slightly <laughs> uncomfortable with how much autonomy and trust that you're giving them because that's where they're going to grow the most. And that's where you as yeah. well are going to free up the time to be a more high scale, highly strategic leader. 
Yeah, I agree. It's really all about empowering all those individuals across your team to feel confident in making the decisions that, frankly, a lot of mid-level PMMs and senior PMMs know what the decision that they need to make anyway already is, right? But at least that's Absolutely. what I found. But they want confidence in maybe your decision and what you think to give them a sense that they're taking the right path. And I really think it's kind of trying to unblock that a little bit and giving them a sense of, or maybe a I should say empowering them so that they can move forward without that kind of check-in. Yeah. I'm wondering, do you have any favorite ways that you like to empower your members of the team and kind of mature into some of those decision-making and autonomy skill sets? Yeah, it's still something I'm developing for, first of all, I should say. But second of all, it's something that's in one-on-ones I've been kind of consistently refining. And when I get a question similar to this, my response, which they probably don't like is tell me what you're thinking of doing, or tell me what you want to do. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. that puts them in the driver's seat, right? Hopefully they've thought through what the next step is, which nine out of 10 times they have, but that really enables them to kind of decide what the next steps are. And that enables me to react to it and say, well, like you might want to think about tweaking this or doing this, but for the most part, I don't disagree with the holistic kind of strategy that they want to move forward with. It's just tweaking. things here and there. And I think that gives them a sense of confidence to see, oh, okay, like I'm doing this in the right way. Yeah. I love that. I think you're spot on. Awesome. That's so good to hear. And I think as leaders, not even just necessarily product marketers, but as leaders, it's something that we all need to continue to refine and develop and hone even. Absolutely. So with that said, one trend that I've started to see a whole lot more, and I imagine you've seen it too, but feel free to jump in here and disagree, is certainly a lot more specialization in product marketing with maybe some specific Mm -hmm. roles around pricing or competitive intelligence. I mean, you already mentioned research, but a whole lot more kind of specialization within product marketing. Um, Curious what you think of that trend, if you think it's going to continue for the next few years. And yeah, just curious kind of what you think of that, if you've seen that. Yeah, I have seen a little bit of it. And I personally think it's partly a result of people's understanding of product marketing maturing, right? That, hey, there are many more questions to be answered than simply like, what type of marketing collateral do we need to enable the sales team or whatever it is, right? Totally. (laughs) PMM questions. And a lot of things you mentioned too, whether it's competitive intelligence or pricing are oftentimes like orphans within an organization, uh, especially early stage organizations where maybe some teams tackle certain parts of pricing or other teams tackle other parts of pricing, or there's like a once every two years, like pricing strategy review and reassessment, but it doesn't necessarily have like a fully resourced, always on assessment and optimization and kind of new strategic thinking around it. So I personally think it's an awesome trend. And as well, it's a natural home within product marketing, because so much of how you do you define and communicate the value of a product and get customers to engage with it and get that to be a, a beneficial relationship for both sides, you know, that naturally manifests in things like pricing. And it also naturally manifests in a need to understand what competitors are doing and how you stack up. Otherwise, what you think is the story and what you think is going to really appeal to prospects and customers might actually be a five-year-old story, right? And then you're not setting yourself up well to succeed in the market. Yeah, I agree. As 
product marketing teams scale, not only in terms of number of people, but the impact that we have across the broader business, that specialization is just natural, right? And we will have more of that impact on pricing, competitive intelligence, again, not just on the forms of kind of content that we create, whether it's one pagers or enablement or whatever the case may be, but in really the broader company strategy. I saw somebody, I apologize, I can't remember exactly who it was, but somebody say earlier this week, I believe that product marketing is marketing strategy. And I really thought that encapsulated it very well, Mm. where we are a lot of times defining a lot of this strategy ahead of time. And I think that's really where a lot of the value comes in. Yeah, I agree. Absolutely. Awesome. So as we think about growing these teams, I'm sure there's probably multiple mistakes that you and I could probably talk about throughout our careers. I've certainly had my fair share, but as you've thought about growing teams, scaling teams, are there any mistakes that you've made? Anything that you've really learned from and be like, oh, I don't want to do that again, or anything that you're just comfortable sharing with the audience here? Oh yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Going back to that, you know, trial by fire experience of reestablishing the product marketing function at Glassdoor, that was a situation where due to like challenges with hiring, there actually was no kind of director or senior director of product marketing in place. There was no team lead. There was nobody at the company after I joined who kind of had that deep bench of expertise with product marketing. And so bringing this back to this question of big mistakes, I think one of the big mistakes I made was wanting and hoping for other people to guide the way of like, how do we build the product marketing function here? And when those people are there, right, where people have experience, whether it's your direct manager or a product manager who's worked with outstanding product marketing teams, like lean on that experience. Don't try and go it on your own. But I would have product managers ask me, you know, so what type of meetings like do you want me to invite you to? And I say, I don't know, what do you think I should be coming to? And uh, (laughs) certain point, it dawned on me that like the answers aren't just like in other people's heads here. They're actually looking to me to provide a little bit of assertiveness, a little bit of defining what I think the role of product marketing should be. And so once that clicked and I really spent and started investing a lot of time in networking and learning from product marketers outside of Zapier, of attending conferences, of spending a lot of time on Sharebird and other great resources like that, I was able to start putting together what that definition of product marketing might be, what processes we should use, what types of meetings we attend, where in the product development process we fit in, et cetera. So yeah, I think it was a bit of a mistake waiting as long as I did to take that leap into the unknown, I suppose. For sure. Yeah. We've all had those moments and I'm so glad you've been able to learn from it too. And I appreciate you sharing with us. I find these stories, honestly, you and I could probably talk about our successes and all of the amazing things and experiences that we've had throughout our careers and our respective lives. Right. But I've found these moments that maybe we misstep or stumble just a little bit can often be really valuable for not only you and I respectively, but the entire body of product marketers out there as well. Yeah. And in that spirit, I'd actually love to share one more mistake. Is there of time course. for me to yeah, yeah, please do. another? And I think this is honestly one that I'm still kind of on the learning curve of, but I think in product marketing, something I've learned through trial and error and making mistakes is your work doesn't really matter if people aren't using it. Like whether that's a new sales narrative or a 
a new market segmentation or set of personas, like even if you made the most perfect deliverable in the world based on the absolute perfect understanding of the market of the customer, the product and whatnot, it really doesn't matter if you haven't actually gone the extra mile of adoption. And so something I've been trying to do more and more over the past years is like, yeah, try and plan for the best launch of something that you can, especially internal assets. But then look at whether or not people are using it. And if people aren't, like, don't go on to the next project. Start planning what are the actual follow-on kind of post-launch activities that you're going to do to try and help people understand how these things are useful, where they fit, and if they need to be improved, making those improvements so that people do start taking advantage of them. I love that so much, Greg. And there's so many things there. One thing I've encouraged my team is your job as a PMM doesn't stop at the end of the day of a respective launch, right? That effort stops, at least in our playbook right now, given the size of the product marketing team and so forth, it stops 90 days post-launch from an adoption standpoint for mm. users and customers. But in addition to that, it's not just an adoption plan for our existing customer base and the broader market. It's an internal play as well, where we are consistently reinforcing with the sales team and the customer success yeah. team and others and generating new customer stories and all of these things to really drive enablement. So I really love your focus on that. It brings back the kind of, I don't know if you're a movie buff or, or like movies, but it's the old quote from kind of Field of Dreams if you build it, they will come, which isn't really the case to your point with, no. <laughs> uh, with, with a lot of product marketing. It'd be great if it worked out that way, wouldn't it? Oh, that'd be so awesome. <laughs> well, Greg, I really appreciate your time. As we start to kind of close out this conversation, I'm personally an avid reader and I listen to a lot of podcasts and clearly watch probably too many movies too. But, you know, curious, maybe you like podcasts, you know, curious if you can share some podcasts that you've learned from or that you enjoy listening to as a product marketer. Yeah, I am honestly particularly grateful for all the work that Alex and Sharebird and his product marketing leaders and his network have done to put together this podcast as well as the other Sharebird podcasts. I think there's Women of Product Marketing, Thrills and Chills, and maybe another as well, and even online video content about best go-to-market practices. And like this type of stuff didn't exist five years ago. And as somebody new to the field or even a slightly more seasoned practitioner like you or I, I still get a ton of value out of listening to these. And I'm just so appreciative that there's people out there willing to share a bit of their stories that we all can learn from. And it, it's really helped me gain a sense of perspective and continue kind of owning the craft as it were. I love that so much, Greg. And Alex certainly deserves a shout out. I'm not sure product marketing as a broad function would be where it is without all of the contributions he's made and Sharebird. So, so I'm so glad to hear that these podcasts have been valuable. Well, thank you so much for your time. Any final words that you want to share? No, nothing right now. Thanks so much for having me, Jeffrey. Thank you so much, Greg. Appreciate it. With Clue, you can build and deliver battle cards to help sales close more deals. Stay on top of your competitive strategies and measure your competitive program's impact to the bottom line. Don't just compete, compete to win. But it's all right.